This episode of Blue Church Breakaway is brought to you by you. That's right, you the listener. Patreon.com slash Blue Church Breakaway is how we keep the show going the entire year round. 365 for the last eight years. This week we cover UFA and the draft. Of course, very briefly the draft because the Rangers got a steal and that's about the entire summary of it. We have Joe Fortunato from Blue Shirts Banter fame on today's podcast to talk with us all things UFA, the offseason, drama, and more. So without further ado, here's Mark Messier. And let's get to the show. Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Hey, Blue Shirts Breakaway fans, welcome to the week of the Blue Shirts Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead. And I'm here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan, and we are still free agents. Gregory, how are you? Speak for yourself, bro. Come on. Oh, you are sorry. Congratulations on the new job. My bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, my bad. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> my Come bad. on now. My apologies. Uh, the Rangers, ever heard of them? No. Nope. Uh, they're not the Mets. The Mets have won two in a row. Congrats. Of, of Texas? Of the, no. <laughs> of the New York fame. Do you uh, think when people are like, I hear good, I hear the Rangers are making a trade that was actually a oldest Chapman the, the entire time? Yeah, I mean, most people, I would say, the, the NHL... Well, look, the draft coverage in NHL was actually pretty good. Shout out to Emily Kaplan, who, d- who did a great job. I thought they, for the first time, I think draft viewership was up tremendously as well, but we're not getting to the media stuff. You're here for free agency, right, listeners? That's like the whole point you're listening to this show for. Uh, but let, let's just cover the draft real quick. We did an OT on it if you want to really hear our thoughts, but for the most part, it's this. The Rangers got a top 10 talent in pick 23, that they did not believe that they were getting. That's the end of the story. If you want to be a pessimist, you can say top 15. But sure. nobody nobody we talked to, nobody with inside thought Gabe Perot was going to be available even at 20. Yeah, and he's a left winger who can also play right wing. They can do what they can. There's a, there's a five-star question a lot later that says, how long till we see him? So I'll just answer it now. It's going to be years. Years. It'll probably be three years until you see Gabe Perot in a New York Rangers jersey. And it might actually be in the playoffs at that point in time, unless he absolutely blows it out of the water in Boston. And even then, and even then, I doubt you'll see him very soon. Yeah, I mean, we're entering year three with Brennan Offman. You're not going to see him in a Ranger jersey on opening night either. You will not. And for good reason. And for really, really good reason. So the Rangers did, no matter what else happened at the draft, they got a legitimate prospect that became their number one asset in the farm system immediately. And that's a W. That's a win. Yeah, yeah. Uh- you cannot. I, I saw a couple people moaning and groaning about the a nepotism pick in the third round because Jerry took a kid that played with his kid that's also going to Boston College. You at least I know believe. he's not an asshole. That's important. Well, not just that, but like if the Rangers didn't take the, it's not like the Rangers overdrafted the kid. I think they're Josh uh, Kaflin, who's our go-to, uh, and Drew uh, are our go-to draft guys. They would say there are more intriguing high upside picks on the board. But this is the correct spot for this kid, Fortescue, whatever his name is, to go. So I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I've said this multiple times in the podcast. If it happens after the second round, I couldn't care less. Yep. These guys have such a low percentage hit rate of actually making it in the National Hockey League that I'm not going to be upset what the Rangers did at 90th overall when they did so well at 23rd. It's just an amazing feeling for the Rangers to make the right pick. It's, yes. one, of the, it's one of the first times in our our. Maybe my sports life where it's like, this is the obvious pick. Please, my team, make it. Uh, and then they did. 
Yeah, the is, only other time it's happened for me is when the Mets took Kumar Rocker and then proceeded not to sign him. So yeah, they did. Well, I figured that was coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, no, but like that, that. Honestly, in my life, that's the only time where I can remember the Mets doing the thing where that it you was wanted. Like, this is too good to be true. We can't possibly keep allowing this to happen, which is exactly what the New York Rangers did. So when the Rangers never signed Gabe Perot uh, in four years, I'll feel similarly. Yes, exactly. Uh, that brings us to free agency. A a free agency of which Chris Drury had uh, exactly $16 to navigate. He signed nine players somehow. Ten. Uh, ten players? Yeah, they signed and, another one on Sunday. Oh, is that, oh, that was uh, the former Maple Leaf player, correct? Yeah, the Marley. Yes, I had open Puckpedia uh, looking at the transactions for a second, but I lost it. So that's well, really, really good podcasting on my end. Pretty good. Uh, I'm going to go to my history. Never mind. Anyway, so... Uh, oh, you saw something in history you didn't mean to open during the podcast? No, that's not true. But, oh, here it is. New York Rangers transactions. There we go. Uh, Mac Howell. There it is. That's the name. Anyway, they signed Wheeler for 800K with a 300K mm-hmm. bonus. They signed Jonathan Quick for 800K. They signed Tyler Pitlick, which, I mean, great last name, who's a, a deft PK player. Uh, and Riley Nash, also an AHL. But mostly... They just got really – oh, I'm missing Nick Benino. They got great depth, and they uh, have an identity Eric, for the Eric first Gustafson, time. Eric Gustafson, too, you're missing. Yeah, oh, Gustafson is he's – your, he's your left-handed defenseman on the bottom pair. So, look, it was a bargain bin situation for Drury, but if you go to the dollar store and you come away with a bunch of fur coats, I think that's kind of what he did. I, I want to go as far as fur coats. I was thinking of doing the dollar store analogy. To me, it, it, it's your group of college friends going to Goodwill for Halloween costumes and being surprised you actually – Came up with such good Halloween costumes for what you were able to find at Goodwill. Uh, yeah, it, it's. I, I know we talk about this in depth with Joe Fortunato, who's on today because we were desperate for a guest. We uh, were. That's why we had yeah. Joe. Um, yeah, it, I, I think it's this simple. I don't think you could have expected the Rangers to do better with what was available to them in terms of money to spend. Nobody got over a million dollars. They added. To me, Blake Wheeler, they essentially did the thing this offseason that we wanted them to do last offseason, which is we wanted high floor guys that have ceilings where they could be more if you really desperately needed them to be more. But you didn't bring in any roadblocks for your young guys to possibly play behind. Blake Wheeler, push comes to shove. If he's your second line white right winger, pretty good. Not, not No complaints. 55-plus point guy. 20-plus goal scorer, even at 36 years old. Can we old. quickly get into this now? Because I think it's important. He okay. was stripped of the captaincy in Winnipeg. Yeah, a lot uh, of shit happened in Winnipeg. I, I think a lot of... I, that's why I kind of want to uh, get this out of the way now. There, I, I'm not really worried about him being a culture guy. No. Uh, at all. He was clearly Jacob Truba approved, as you've aptly noted before, Gregory, that Jacob Truba is the secret GM mm-hmm. of the New York Rangers. So the captain has approved. They brought in a player that for this price is a ridiculous value. And I, I wouldn't be worrying about adding this person to the Ranger locker room. In fact, I, I don't know if it's a negative or a positive, but I would at least call it neutral in that case. I think there are, it is good for the Rangers to have more veteran players and veteran mindsets in a locker room last year that I don't want to say was divided, but definitely lacked character at times. Yeah. Again, Blake Wheeler not coming here to be the guy, coming here to be a guy. And some guys, honestly, it fits their persona better if they're, you know, not necessarily the guy that has to stand in front of the media every night, the guy that necessarily has to take 
players to task if certain things are going poorly, which is pretty much the narrative of everything that happened in Winnipeg. Um, but uh, it, uh, Not for nothing, Greg. The Rangers could use a guy who take them to task once in a while. But, I mean, Jacob Truba has no problem doing that, I'd say. Fair. Now he's got backup. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, like, last offseason, we talked ad nauseum about how we were big. Well, me specifically was a big Paul Stasny guy. Give me a guy who, if push comes to shove, wouldn't be overmatched playing second-line center, but more ideally is someone hanging on your third line playing more of a supplementary role. To me, that's Blake Wheeler. Alexi Lafreniere is still going to get every chance to play on the right in a top six role. That's what he wants. He's got Blake Wheeler's not going to come in here and immediately take away a power play one opportunity from Alexi Lafreniere. Alexi Lafreniere has no roadblocks in front of him. At the same time, if things go poorly and Lafreniere can't take that jump for whatever reason, the Rangers have brought in a guy more than capable of sliding up in the lineup, taking on more responsibility, and has a long track record of producing. And that's all I want. I just want safety nets. I don't need stars. I don't need flashy signings. I just need a guy who could come here and do the thing. And that's what Blake Wheeler can do at minimum. At minimum. And I don't think he's going to require power play one time. Nope. And I think he's a great safety net. The, my big takeaway and my thesis for Chris Drury was depth. Yes. The fact was to add players that no matter what happens to this team, he has people that can compete at a very high level. And you, you've and said it just, before. Yeah, but not to cut you off, but not just mm-hmm. depth at the NHL level. Like, I don't think it's going to be the end of the world if Tyler Pitlick isn't in the lineup every night. It's not the end of the world if Nick Bonino isn't in the lineup uh, every M- night. Mac Howell, who uh, was signed as like a 10th defenseman, played games for the Leafs last year, and Steve Dangle tweeted out that like they were undefeated in games he played. I don't think he played a lot of games, though. Um, that's fine. It doesn't matter. <laughs> He's serviceable, and he can come up and not be a disaster. But I you think know- the, the, the more important point here is – you have professionals being asked to do specific things. Nick Benino, defensively minded bottom six center. Great. Check that box. Tyler Pitlick, defensive, defensively responsible utility winger. Great. Check that box. But what it also does is, and, and this is going to sound really difficult because these are things I said about the New York Mets in the offseason. Yes. And Lord knows how that all went. Well, Larry but, Brooks already did this in his article in case you're wondering. But you're moving guys down the depth chart that you have supreme confidence in. Oh, you sign Eric Gustafson? Great. I now don't need Zach Jones to be great shakes. Zach Jones can be whatever Zach Jones is. Oh, uh, Tyler Pitlick's here? Wonderful. I don't need Will Cooley in my opening night lineup. I can send him back to Hartford and allow him to cook. Oh, Blake Wheeler's here? Wonderful. I have no expectations for Brendan Othman now. Othman can go to Hartford and we can figure out for 40 games. What Brendan Osman can, can, can I be? pitch you an even more insane idea, of which we're going to talk about more in the future? Uh-oh. What if, and for the first time, Chris Drury's been watching other sports, and he goes, huh, I saw Adam Fox, an amazing, and I mean an amazing, hockey player who got second in the Norris, be exhausted in the playoffs because, I don't know, I played him 30 minutes a night when five defensemen for three weeks. Mm-hmm. What if, and I, this is crazy, we sit him for a night against Arizona on a Tuesday? I'm still, I have to see it to believe it. Me too, but like, what if it does happen? Like, you you have the depth now. You You can do it. The difference being, the Rangers don't necessarily have the cap space to keep making all those paper moves with Hartford. Um, Right, you you have a seventh defenseman, though. I'm just I know, but uh, Jones is not going to be waiver-exempt, and you're not going to put Gustafson through waivers. At the same time, 
if Gustafson and Jones both play 80 games and it's because you're cutting back on Lindgren and Fox and Truba, it's not the end of the world. Like, you know, it, there's nothing wrong with being the sixth starter in a major league baseball rotation. It probably means you're still making 20 to 25 of the possible 32 starts a year. It's not a bad place to be. Guys need extra rest. Uh, if you're the Mets, someone gets suspended for trying to cheat incorrectly. Like it's, <laughs> it's there are ways to get in the lineup without necessarily having to be locked into a top six role. In theory, the New York Rangers should have seven capable NHL defensemen on their roster. Jones will be on the roster opening night. Gustafson will be on the roster opening night. It's probably the most talented, most capable seven defensemen the Rangers have had on their roster at any given point over the past couple of years, just in terms of how high the floor is on each player. It's true. They could do these things. I just, I will be a believe it when see it guy. And I just, I have a hard time. We just know hockey culture and how stupid it is. Like I, I wish Ryan that it is what we're indicating. It could be that guys, you know, rest load management, era comes to the national hockey league but you know guys still are afraid to ask for trades yeah i i see that it's just he has the option to do it it's because of because of the depth it's there it is um we still have to wait for the bridges to be signed for miller and lafreniere i am not i think it's good to get this on record i am not expecting either of them to be offer sheeted at all neither Uh, are the rangers if the rangers were expecting it they wouldn't have made the moves that they did that's correct they have the intel there is very few offer sheets in this league. Very, very few. Carolina's been, what, handed out two of them in the past, like, 10 years? Whatever and, it was. You know, if we're still talking about the National Hockey League a little bit here, right? So mm-hmm. it's hard to imagine a team wanting to cough up an offer sheet when teams are having a hard enough time trying to trade for Eric Carlson and Vlad Tarasenko is still a free agent. And Vlad Tarasenko is still out there looking for whatever deal he's looking for. I, what was he look? For? He was attached to the Senators at some point? I mean, it would make sense. The Senators, if they have to trade to Brinkett, they still want to be good. There's no reason for them to – they have nothing else to blow up. They're not going to trade Brady Kachuk. They're not, they traded for Chikrin. This is a team that was still adding. So if you traded to Brinkett and you have to accept futures, why wouldn't you bring Vlad in on a one-year, $5 million deal, let Vlad hit the market again next year when we think that the cap is going to skyrocket? You've given Vlad what he wants, a top-six role with the opportunity to make more money. And you're not, yeah, Vlad's probably 80% of what Debrinkat is, but you're not losing Debrinkat. Like, you're getting the assets for Debrinkat and still adding an NHL caliber player. And you could also maybe trade Vlad for assets as well. Correct. If things go poorly, you then get more assets for someone Debrinkat-esque. It makes a whole lot of sense if you're the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, I'm with that. I stick with that. But, look, Drury had not a lot to work with here. Yes, the team got older. That's totally fine. The team is... We talk about this with Joe Fortunato. I think a, a, a well-oiled machine with a system at this point. Now we have to see it all. That There's clearly a plan. There's clearly something. There was something thought about beforehand. Chris Drury got all of his work done in an hour and 22 minutes. Uh, and that's all he needed. So they, they scouted out beforehand. They clearly had this all mapped out. And they didn't wait for anybody to get their business done. And I don't blame them, by the way, because the deals were going to go away extremely quick. They also got older in the areas you kind of want your hockey team to be older. They got older on the penalty kill because you added guys who have just been doing this forever. They got older in their bottom six because you added guys who have just been doing this forever. You know, I it's it's difficult to sell 25 and under players on doing the dirty things in the corners. That, that 
I wouldn't want to play like that if I was 25. But at 34, Ryan, and that's what I'm really good at, fuck you. You're just going to get the best bottom six forward you got. I I just, a Benito and a Pitlick, I'm not asking them to be burners in my top six. They were brought in here to do specific things. And it, those specific things, to me, are the things you should be looking for track record on. You know, it, at, on one hand, it makes you a little bit more frustrated that the Rangers gave contracts to Barclay Goodrow where, you know, Nick Benino is sitting there for $800,000. Uh, Jimmy Vc is sitting there for less than that. This is why you don't need to sign these guys to the Jimmy big Vesey money deals. The contract is so criminal. At the same time, it's just like it's night. it is nice going to bed at night knowing I don't have to wonder if Johnny Brzezinski is going to play on the Rangers next year. You do not. It's You do not have to worry about it at all. Uh, I think we covered everything, and we cover even more with Joe. Anything else you want to get done here? I, I do have one more quick segment. All right. Uh, I just want to give a five-second pause for a moment of silence for Libra Hayek. Oh, my God. Uh, what will we do? Like, like, what, what? What? Just sorry, man. Who's, just, who's the hey. guy now? I, yeah, who's... <laughs> I just... I, if you're out there, you know, just pause the podcast for me for five seconds. Just moment of silence for Libra Hayek as his kayak pedals into the sunset one final time. I can't believe he wasn't signed. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, oh, God. sorry, Libor. Uh, look, there's a reason why you're gone. <laughs> it just, just didn't really work out. Yeah. Brady was a nice guy. Can't so. say he didn't get his chance. I have a reverse retro Libor Hayek jersey. Yeah, so, you, you sure do, Ryan. There you do. I got that one. All right, that's all I got. Anything else for you? No. All right, let's get to our interview with Joe Fortunato. We talked for like 45 minutes about all this and more. So, uh, transition. Johnny Saddlebags. Slippery Pete. This town ain't big enough for the both of us. Ain't but one thing to do. Yep, start banking at community banks. Say what now? We'll grow this town bigger by doing business with community banks. That way our money will get reinvested locally and help small businesses grow and prosper. Son of a saddle spur. This town will be big enough for the both of us. Help your community grow. Find your community bank at banklocally.org. And we're back with our first and only guest of the day. On a holiday weekend, we recruited Joe Fortunato, CEO of Blue Shirts Banter and real human garbage person, <laughs> to join us. Uh, inconveniently, when we kind of third party invited him on a playback, Joe, how are you? Uh, you made it way worse. It, it just, it was like Greg and Ryan were basically like, ah, we can't, who would want to come on the show during the holiday weekend? Oh, Joe, you're not doing anything right. And they were right. I was not doing anything. So here I yeah, am. I believe my exact words were, we're not going to get anyone real, right? Because it's right. a holiday. Yeah. So you didn't. You got you got stuck with me. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. But a lot has happened over the holiday weekend uh, for the New York Rangers, mm. including a draft where they got a top 10 player uh, prospect, according to people I like and respect, and then uh, obviously made a ton of value free agent signings joey where where did you land on at least the free agent part of it um i think probably similar to you guys shocked that the rangers were as busy as they were i think they were a little fortuitous that you know blake wheeler got bought out and obviously saw new york as a destination and um really liked gustafson really really liked bonino it that none of the signings did anything for the aging um slow i guess issues that the rangers had but for what Drury was working with, and I think that context is important, right? He wasn't out there looking for a thousand dollar steak dinner. I think he did as good of a job as we could have hoped. I would say, uh, look, I, I've seen they did get older. 
Okay, fact. Great. You've done the math. I, I see you. Uh, they did get a little bit possibly slower. Okay, again, like, all right, that, that is true. But they might be able to move the puck now. And maybe they have um, well, role players. I think okay. it's I – th- I think it's I, – I'm at this point, Joe, I'm curious to hear your take too, where I, I'm getting a lot of vibes from people that don't think the New York Rangers – have the quote-unquote pieces that they need to win. But these are the same people that I've been hearing time and time again say that we have to thrust the kids into more responsible positions where it needs to be on their shoulders more. And my question really comes down to why are – this is what you're getting. Like the kids have to take the step forward. Kako has to play better. Laugh has to play better. Miller has to go back to playing the way he did – Last year, as a, two years ago, as opposed to last year, the Rangers are going to succeed and live and die with the kids. And it seems like now we're at this point where people are going to be unsettled about that. And I'm just, I'm confused. How, why? What? Well, we exist in a fan base, and I'm sure it's similar to others, where no one's happy no matter what happens, right? And to your point, yeah, that, Greg. That's, we, just, that's just sports today. That's just sports. We've been begging for Lafreniere and Kako to get actual top six minutes top you know line power play opportunities which is something that again every coach when they come in for their introductory presser says great things but i'd have to imagine it was part of the conversation that drury and laviolette had before he got hired right too important and laviolette talked about how that was what he saw for them now i don't know what blake wheeler the only concern i had from any of the signings is that gustafson is probably going to keep jones out of the lineup and at least it's a legitimate player, right? And it's not Ben Harper. And Wheeler might keep Lafreniere off the top six, which again, a legitimate player, you know, it is what it is. But I think the bigger question that I have, to your point, Greg, like the Rangers, they, they had made their bed, right? They were never going to get the big name free agents. Not that you'd want that anyway. And they're like, what were they going to do outside of trading for Barkley, trading Barkley Goodrow, Ryan Lindgren for cap space. And even that, What were you going to bring in? The Rangers don't have assets in the prospect pool. We saw that when Perot became the best prospect that they have in the system. You know, the Rangers don't have any options in the wings. I don't think Othman should make the team. And now I definitely don't think he will. We talked about this on the playback. Really, Zach Jones is the only guy that I think could make the team. And you got to give the kids a chance. The only way the Rangers are going to be better next year is if the kids step up and do the thing. And that was always the plan because they don't have money to do anything else. Yeah, one of my biggest gripes recently was um, there was a lot of when the Devils traded for Toffoli, I saw a lot of Ranger fans being like, oh, that's all it took, Sharon Govich in a third. And nobody seemed to like it when I said, okay, if you're the Rangers, are you trading Schneider in a third? Because that's what the Devils did. They, they like, I don't know. I, I've been on this rant before, and I'm so tired of prospect hugging that it drives me up a wall. But everyone treated Igor Sharangovich like he's this bum. And they will view Braden Schneider as, well, he's top four potential. You can't trade him. But that's what the Devils did. They Like, Schneider is on the Sharangovich level in terms of young player with upside that hasn't quite been given a lot of run or has been put in difficult positions. And all of a sudden, when you throw that back in a Rangers fan face, a lot of them are like, well, what? what why? Why are you saying that? You're making me out to be the bad guy. 
It's like, no, man, just wake up. This is it. I think well, Rangers, the Rangers in general just don't have the depth in the prospect pool that the New Jersey Devils to do as well. So they can but, afford to do that trade where the Rangers it's, can't. It's, it's not even that. Yes, they can do that. They have, you know, a, a number one Nemec, pick hang, yep. hanging in the wings. They have Luke Hughes hanging in the wings. That's all great and good. The Rangers, you know, it's it's a good problem to have. The Rangers young guys, like the Devils have Sharon Govich. The Rangers have Kako and Loft. You're not going to trade Lafreniere for Tyler Toffoli. Don't be ridiculous. We'd all agree that. The Rangers... They, they either have high class or low class, whereas Devils, they have high class, but they also have middle class. And it's not the worst thing in the world that the Rangers don't have this middle class because you're the New York Rangers and you can offer proven veterans $800,000 and in incentives and they'll say yes. That's very nice that, like, the Winnipeg Jets will never be able to do that. The Calgary Flames will never be able to do that. It's a luxury to us. I just, the fans that complained about what, I, there weren't a lot, I will say. I think near unison in chorus to me were people saying, I can't believe the Rangers got this much business done without spending a million dollars on a single player. And I agree. That's impressive. But people being like, well, they didn't, they didn't get younger and they didn't get faster. No shit. (laughs) You're not going to sign Daniel Sprung for $800,000. Why would he do that? Yeah. You know, and to, to the point that you were making, Greg, I was definitely one of the people who saw the devils trading for Tafoli and was just like, fuck, that's a really good trade for them. He's a really good player. It was not, Oh, why didn't the Rangers do this? It was the devils are doing a really good job. Like they're going to be a problem for a long time. And when you look at, again, if I wanted to be hypercritical, I guess, would you rather have sprung at one year for $2 million versus Wheeler and Benino? at one year each for what is it 800,000 or 1.6 million combined or whatever maybe but you also don't know how much money miller is going to cost you don't know how much money lafreniere is going to cost those guys aren't signed you also Benino, don't know if sprung wanted to come here well like, and that's the other factor like are you really waiting on Bla- listen blake wheeler is a 50 point player that you just got for $800,000 i have a rule unless the player that's being traded for is or signed is going to take away a spot from a kid undeservingly like Ryan Reeves or Tanner Glass, you don't get to complain about one-year contracts under the league minimum where if you stash them in the AHL, it costs you zero salary cap. You just don't. And to go one step further, Ryan and I, me more than Ryan, sorry, Ryan, uh, we trumpeted signings like Paul Stasny last offseason because what we wanted... Oh, this was definitely Greg more than me. Yeah, we what we wanted were these base floor players where I know what I'm going to get from this guy. It's probably not going to be worse than that. It might not be great shakes above that either, but if push comes to shove and Phil Heedle doesn't take the step that I need him to take, I won't feel terrible about Paul Stasny in my top six. I feel the exact same way about Blake Wheeler. I need Alexi Lafreniere to do a lot of things for me this year in order to be successful. If for some reason he doesn't do them, I'm covered with Blake Wheeler. I feel good about Blake Wheeler eating minutes that I hope will go to Alexi Lafreniere. And he's of an age and being paid a salary where I don't think Peter Laviolette is going to look at Blake Wheeler and say, well, there's no way in my mind I could play Alexi Lafreniere above this guy. I just think he is the literal perfect definition of a security blanket. Right. He's, he's secondary scoring. Hopefully he's playing on the second power play unit and he's good. It's not, it's not like the Rangers signed Ryan Reeves to a three year, $1.3 million 
a year contract. Now, like, now Joe, that would be crazy. What that, team that, would do that? Well, no one would do that. But like, that's if Blake, we and Nick Benino too, and Gustafson. Like, let's these are really valuable signings. And granted, Chris Drury got a little lucky in that Blake Wheeler just got bought out. But these are good players. Benino, they're not flashy. But Benino absolutely is the fourth line center that the Rangers thought they had in you know Barkley Goudreau, right? Blake Wheeler is a second or third line winger that Laviolette can fill in anywhere. And to Greg's point, if it works out with Lafreniere, great. He plays on the third line. You don't worry about it. If somebody gets injured, injuries happen. You want secondary scoring in the playoffs. Again, it happens. The Rangers absolutely could have used somebody like Blake Wheeler. Now, that's a almost silly thing to say because, you know, they had Tarasenko and uh, Patrick Kane. American legend Patrick Kane, yeah. I still think they're getting Kane, to be completely honest with you, at – I don't know when he's going to sign, but in a couple of months. I still think that's a thing that's going to happen. I think they'll have conversations. As you, I think, what did Drury leave? Like, possibly having a million dollars of cap space in a few months? I, I uh, think I saw that the prorated number would be like $4 million by the trade deadline. Now, who knows when he would actually get bought in, but... Again, he was making ten million dollars a year. Like, is it if it's not important to him and he wants to make money, fucking go somewhere else. Well, maybe he does sign with Dallas early. Maybe he wants to get some guaranteed situation. But yeah, I could see a situation where the Kane gets brought back one more time. I wouldn't call it likely. Um, I, I see. I'm on the other side of it. I would actually be kind of surprised if Kane did not come back. Really? I, I don't. I, I don't know anything. Just from the the sense that I can get and some of the things that I've seen. You know, he forced his way to New York. I get it. it. But, like, for if he could have gone anywhere, right, I just – I don't know. I see him coming back. I felt like the Rangers were his first choice last year, obviously. Why would that change? Because of what happened in the playoffs? I mean, I, maybe. Well, the, the reason why it would change is Kane was very much a Gallant guy. Gallant wanted him. Wanted him. I Drury was very happy making a trade for Vlad Tarasenko and calling it a done day. And then everything that happened thereafter – I don't necessarily think Kane is a Drury guy. And I don't think Kane did enough to win Dolan over for Dolan to be like, wait, no, it's still Patrick Kane. I want him. Please, 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 fun toy, toy, toy. Well, let me ask you, if he fixes his hip, right, which is what's happening right now, and you get him at the trade deadline for money and no other assets. Yeah, I mean, if he's free. Yeah, that's that's, 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 that's what I'm saying. for me. Right, so when we talk about, you know, being a Chris Drury guy, he may not be a Chris Drury guy. He may not be, you know. No, but uh, the difference is, I don't think Chris Drury, Chris Drury never doesn't have a plan. I don't think Chris Drury's plan is I'm going to wait for Patrick Kane. That's what I, I'm saying. And I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with that. Again, unless maybe he, know, the, he, maybe they've had a conversation because he was Rangers property, and you know, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question either. I had pretty good info at the end of last year that he did want to come back, and I, I'm kind of with Greg that. I think things soured a little bit. That part I don't have info on, but it does seemingly like things things went south via the playoffs. So we heard the same thing up until the last part of it because I had not, I hadn't heard that aspect of things. But I did. I, I thought he was coming back for sure, and then I didn't know if the hip thing. So maybe there's. Listen, I'm. You are probably more in the know than I am. Maybe shit happened, and I just don't well, know about it. The, the argument for him coming back for sure is the smart. I would. Say, the more in tune players understand the astronomical cap spice or the cap spike we are about to enjoy next year. And uh, Ryan and I got some <laughs> information about said cap spike. That's all uh, we'll o- say over the weekend, <laughs> but it's significant. And if you're Patrick Kane, who 
regardless of what you think about him as a hockey player or a human being, he's not a dumbass in terms of he Getting knows money. there's this huge, huge in hockey terms uh, jump that's going to happen from one year to the other. So if he settles on a one-year deal for nothing, proves that he's healthy, scores 20 points in 40 games, that man going to make out like a bandit on a, a longer-term deal next winter. Yeah, well, three or four-year, too. I think we saw some things that happened that corroborate that, right? Uh, Bertuzzi signing yeah, Bertuzzi. a one-year deal in Toronto is definitely but, uh, part honestly, of that. But honestly, the one that corroborates it, it's not even Bertuzzi, it's Gavrikov. That, Gavrikov's agent is an actual genius. Two-year deal for a guy that easily could have signed for six, high-money contract, just wanting to have the ability to re-enter the market as a 26-year-old when he's going to be able to make so much more money. And he doesn't even have to improve. He just has to continue to be Vladislav Gavrikov, and he'll get seven and a half million dollars because teams are going to have money and no idea what to do. Right? You know, it's and it's funny. We're way off topic now, but like Matthews was the guy that kind of started this, right? I'm not going to sign the biggest contract that I can, or the longest. Or sorry, I'm not going to sign the longest contract that I can. I'm going to sign the biggest contract that I can to give myself one, maybe two more big contracts down the line. And he comes off next year in that this boon that you guys are talking about. It makes a difference. It really does. Well, I think Orlov is another one of these situations where he signs for a high AAV uh, for two years, where it's, okay, the cap is going to jump, and it's going to jump again. I want to be back in the market. And I think Matthews will do the same. I think Matthews signs like a three-year deal this time around again. Yeah, well, why wouldn't he? I would keep doing the same thing over and over again. If it's And it's the NBA kind of model, right, where – those guys see the opportunities to kind of get the increased cap money that flows back to them. It's smart. It's good business. Well, Tarasenko, right? He's still out there right now, but I'm sure his agent's telling him like, take two years, take yeah, or two, take, take one, take one, take one, take one, bet on yourself, you know, do the thing. Ah, oh, God, I would have loved to have him back. You know, it we really all, is, we all would dude. We, we love Tarasenko. It's sad. It really is sad. At I would take time. I, I think, Similar to, like, I can't blame the Bruins for moving on from Bertuzzi because they had other business to do on a limited budget, and all of a sudden Bertuzzi doesn't want the long-term deal. He wants the one-year deal, but Boston's done. If you're the Rangers, and we had intel on this too, we were under the impression Tarasenko was going to have no problem getting a multi-year high AAV contract. That was every bit of buzz you heard from everyone because we all saw this free agent class. There was nobody available. And we thought that Tarasenko was going to be one of the few guys to clean up. He still might. I think the Islanders are in play. I think the Islanders are kind of at this point where it's, do we go to Brinkhead or do we go Tarasenko? We're definitely going to get one. So they're not overly worried about it. But if you're the Rangers, if you're Drury, his plan was, let me get as many guys under $1 million under contract, because then I could just go to Lafreniere and Miller and say, this is all the money I have. Take it or leave it. We're, this is what we have to work with. I have nothing else to do. I'm sorry. We can talk about it in two years when there's a spike. And I don't think Drury, I think it would have honestly been irresponsible for Drury to allow all these other guys willing to take low AAV deals for him to just be like, well, maybe Terrace Angle will change his mind in a week. I don't think that would have worked for the Rangers. Yeah, and I don't I don't disagree with that. The hope that I have and that this hope is fading as we kind of go I would really, really like the Rangers to not bridge Miller. Miller may be asking for a bridge. That's the part of this equation that I don't know. I would really like them to lock him up long-term 
I think he's just going to get more expensive as it goes. The Edmonton Oilers are about to do that with Bouch- is it Bouchard? Boucher? I think it's Bouchard. Bouchard. Um, and that's going to cost them a shitload of money down the line. Again, I under one of the things to your point, Greg, about fans not really understanding, like sometimes it's not in your control, right? The Maple Leafs, of course, would have loved to sign Austin Matthews to an eight-year deal. He wanted a four-year deal or whatever it was. I don't know what Miller is asking for. Miller would probably be smart to bet on himself and take the bridge. Lafreniere is getting a bridge regardless. I, that's the one that I really hope is a four-year deal or a five-year deal. I don't think it's going to be, to be fair, but it's – Greatly it's, prefer it if it was. It's going to be as close to Amira as Bowen Byram's contract is humanly possible. Two yeah, years, I, I four million. I, that doesn't. That it would not surprise me at all. I just would prefer, would greatly prefer it not to be. We'd all prefer it, but I think uh, I think there's a quote from Keandre Miller. I think it was last year. It's like, look, I, you know, I love the team, but I'm trying to get it back. <laughs> that's Which, not the exact quote, but, that, but that's, that's what he said. That, that listen, that is exactly what it should be. Really, the only thing that NHL contracts have over our counterparts in these other leagues is that NHL contracts are fully guaranteed, right? So get your bag, get as much money as you can. You know what I mean? If it's the worst contract in the world, do who cares? It's not your problem. No, <laughs> the NHL contracts fully guaranteed. Omar Narvaez is still making more than most of the Rangers roster. Oh, like- I'm, listen, I'm not saying that that's a, like, it's a reason why the NHL should not be paying. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous that I think Connor McDavid would make, like there was some comparisons to the NBA and I know nothing about the NBA, but I've never heard of the player before, and he's making more money than oh, you know. Uh, Connor McDavid. Reed? Yeah, it was something, it was something <laughs> the, stupid the number, like that. The number three center for the t- t- Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah, it was something stupid like that, and I, I just it just made me sad. <laughs> and and it should, but Keandre should go out there and get as much money as he can. Obviously, I would love to extend him for a long term, but if I'm his agent, this is why Philip Heedle's agent needs to be questioned. <laughs> well, no, we shouldn't look a gift horse in the mouth now, Ryan. We should, yes. you know. Well, and listen, you know, for a guy like Heedle, who's gotten injured a couple of times, maybe there was that concern that, hey, I, I got to get this money while I can. I don't know. I'm not complaining about it because I agree with you. After the year that Heedle had, hey, give me a bridge deal and let's talk in two years. But that obviously didn't happen. So. Heedle is injury prone. Uh, he's he's definitely taken some pucks to the face and has had con- some concussions. Some concussion issues for sure. Yeah, there's yeah definitely, even, even there's... this offseason, I think he broke his jaw or something. I can't remember what it was. Oh, yeah. He did get injured in the world championship, didn't he? He did. Yes. And he was saying he was having problems like standing up and stuff. So, okay, so that in, in, inherently, you know, immediately proves the point. But um... yes, but but still, like, he took a four year deal and Drury, that's a masterwork. That's that is a, a great piece of work. Miller is not doing that. Well, do just that. to just to get back to the offseason conversation, because that that's what we all intended to do today when we yeah, got together. Yeah. Uh, I I have an opinion of this Ranger team that I'm curious to hear what you guys think, because it's going to sound a little incomplete. I don't think a team that had Tarasenko and Kane and Mikola it's hard to make the argument that the Rangers got better, but I do think this New York Ranger team makes more sense on paper when you compare what they were at the end of last year, which was a collection of incredible talent, but not necessarily a plan where this is we've raised the floor, but there's such a clear plan that it doesn't take a genius to see what the New York Rangers want to do with the pieces they have and how they hope to accomplish it. Yeah, after you. I mean, I think one of the major differences is having a head coach who actually knows how to head coach, right? So that, that's part of it. That, that would be part of it for sure. I agree with you, Greg, in terms of actual talent level. Yeah, there's no way that this team stacks up to 
the Rangers lost what should be the number one and number two, you know, free agents off the board in a lot of cases in a normal year. What I think we've also sort of, and, and Josh was talking about this a little bit on the playback, what we've resigned ourselves to, rightfully so, is, hey, Lafreniere and Kako, like, there's no more excuses. You're doing the thing. You're getting these top six minutes. Hopefully, I guess that I say that there's no more excuses, but who knows what's going to happen with Lafreniere with Wheeler. But you know what I mean? Like, you guys are going to get the top power play minutes. You're going to get the top six roles. It's something both of you asked for. Obviously, Chris Drury felt that that was something that should have happened because him and Gallant got into that screaming match. And if those guys live up to their end of the bargain, which who's to say that they can't, honestly, I haven't seen anything that says to me that like Lafreniere has more even strength points than Mika Zibanejad does or did last year or maybe over the past two years. I, I saw, saw that stat. It, it is ridiculous. Like you're, we're really not. And we're, that's where when other people specifically devils fans, but whatever step in and they're like, Oh, Lafreniere sucks. They do the whole, you know, Kako, they do the Jack Hughes, you know, victory lap, which they should. Jack, Great. Jack Hughes yeah. is very, very right. good. He's very good. <laughs> the, the Rangers are the only team in the world that draft guys first and second overall. And they're like, look, you guys need to earn your shit. Like get on the fourth line and figure it out. Here's your healthy scratches. Like other teams don't do that. So if Lafreniere and Kako do the thing and Blake Wheeler is your third line winger, with Trocek as that center and then a VC, whoever the fuck, whoever the Rangers put there. You can't tell me that this team with an actual fourth line center in Benino and not like kind of moving parts around isn't at least on the level of last year's team with a head coach that could be like, hey, this one thing we've tried to do isn't working. So maybe let's try something else. I don't see any reason to be pessimistic now. I do think the Devils got significantly better. I, there's no way you can tell me that they didn't. I think Toffoli is a fantastic addition. If they get a goaltender, they're a serious Joe, problem. Joe, but, let me tell the, you about the 2022-23 Boston Bruins. You want me or was no, Greg going to talk, was Greg gonna talk about the 23 New York Mets? I could. No, but I'm actually going to push back on the significant. They added one guy. I think we have this illusion that the Devils got better because they kept their guys. Right? They locked up Brat long-term. We weren't sure that was going to happen. They locked up Meyer long term. We weren't sure that wasn't gonna happen. That was gonna happen. But I can't like Severson's gone. Graves is gone. I know Luke Hughes is in. I know they have their top young defenseman coming up the pike as well. But they really just added Tyler Toffoli. They lost Tatar. Palat is hurt. Like I, I'm, I'm. I'll, they got better. Toffoli's a great ad. Don't get me wrong. But to me, the Devils are still a goalie away from anything. And that was before they got Toffoli. Yeah, you know what? I can buy that, Greg. I'll 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 pick up what you're putting down there. Good, because I'm great at it. The 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 contracts, of course, are ridiculous. So if you want to hand Fitzgerald, the GM of the Devils, like, hey, you won the contracts of the year award in the NHL, congratulations. But there is a lot still left to be done there, Joe, where it's like I've seen great teams have great seasons and it never ends up well. It, Ever. It's you have to if the if the Devils get hella buck, they're the Eastern Conference favorite, and I have no problem saying that. But if the Devils don't upgrade at goalie and they continue to spin the lie that they're fine with Vanacek and Schmid, they might be. Yeah, if the Devils had be, if the Devils de- had Sorokin, I would be like, I would fold the podcast up. <laughs> it's yeah. over. I, but like, I think that's a great point. Like, I'm probably. This is going to sound weird. Whatever, Devil fans don't listen to this shit anyway. I'm probably more afraid of the Islanders in a playoff series than the Devils because. I don't know. The Devils goalie might not get hot, but Sorokin's a fucking he's a he's a mutant. I like yeah. Akira yeah, Schmidt could... beat the shit out of the New York Rangers 
and it wasn't even him a lot of the time. It, it was no, the it Rangers. It wasn't him. Period. That like what? I can't even. It still agitates me that it like should. ESPN <laughs> was like, "Oh, Kira Schmidt's the greatest goalie of all time." No, we just are really good at shooting into logos, and that's what we, happened for well, the most part. It was more than just shooting into logos. It was <laughs> not shooting at all. Not no, not generating all, any offense yeah, or this, attempts. It was the, pathetic. The, the, yeah, the, it's I and I'll. But back to that point, then, if you're betting on Lafreniere, Miller, Kako, Heedle taking another step, which granted they really – well, they did actually do last year, just not in the playoffs. Then, yeah. I mean, listen, could could Heedle be a 30-goal scorer in the NHL? I, that immediately changes the trajectory of what the Rangers are looking at in terms of their center depth. You look at Lafreniere and Kako, if those guys put up 50 or 60-point seasons, which, again, not the craziest thing in the world – it, it it just changes what I think the Rangers' outlook as a whole looks like. And then you have guys like Blake Wheeler and Benino playing where they're supposed to be playing. Joe, I think Kako's right there too, man. I the really guy- do. Like, I don't see any reason why those guys are not, you know, maybe franchise-altering at this point. It's a little if, much. If Kako's but- on the first power play and he has legitimate time there, of which he should, and by the way, he fits in very well, he would be a 50-point player. Well, this this just goes back to the point that I've been trying to make even before the uh, offseason began. All things considered, all the players we have currently on the New York Rangers, just playing at not the level we hope they play at, just the level they have played at previously. This New York Ranger team's a playoff team. That's it. If Kako doesn't improve, if Lafreniere doesn't improve, if Heedle doesn't improve, if Miller doesn't improve, if Schneider doesn't improve, if Truba doesn't improve, if Fox doesn't improve, if these guys just play the way they play, this is a playoff team. So then if this team with no improvements has Igor Shostakhin in the playoffs, I like my odds. Now all I'm asking is for two of those guys to play fucking better. That's it. Like, we've forgotten somewhere along the way that the New York Rangers are pretty fucking good at hockey. And they've added some people that are going to raise their floor. They're not... They added so many guys, they shouldn't rely on the Johnny Brodzinski's. We haven't even said the name Brennan Othman on this episode. A guy who now, clearly, something Ryan and I talked about was we hope he gets six weeks in Hartford no matter what. Guess what? He has no fucking choice now. He's going to Hartford. That's great. That's a win for the New York Rangers. They have guys that they can stash in Hartford that can help this team if injuries happen. Riley Nash, Will Cooley, Brennan Othman. Zach Jones might not be playing on a nightly basis. That's a boon for this team, too. The Rangers won't have to hope for the fourth-round pick for Tyler Mott at this year's deadline. All I'm asking is for Mika Zibanejad to not be complete ass, for Artemi Panarin to not have demons inside of him, for Adam Fox to not forget how to play hockey in this Game 7, for Igor Shosturkin to continue to be Igor Shosturkin, and then if Kako improves 10% and Laugh improves 5%, it's a pretty good fucking hockey team. I don't know. Like, I can't believe people are upset about this team. I refuse to believe it. Yeah, and it's actually kind of hysterical that the things that you were saying as you were, like, rolling them off, it is incredible how many things went wrong in that series against the Devils. Honestly, everything, Joe. everything went wrong, and the Rangers still took the Devils to seven games. Seven games. A team that was clearly better than the Rangers, playing better than the Rangers. And the Rangers were like, man, if we just stop shitting our pants, we might win this series. And they're like, nope, give me more chocolate. I'm lactose intolerant. That's what the Rangers said. It, and, it, it, you know, I don't understand why you would be unhappy with what the Rangers have done so far. If you hate every single move, guess what? They're fucking gone next year. 
Who cares? Uh, well, Riley Nash got two years, Joe. Yeah, but okay. he's not going to see the NHL. Like this, I just, I, like that's the somebody. I I wrote a story on the banter, and some somebody was like, "Well, you know, the Rangers don't sign AHL contracts. All these guys are going to be in the NHL." It's like they signed nine fucking players. <laughs> All nine of them are going to be in the NHL. All nine. Do you know what would have to go catastrophically wrong for five of these guys to be in the league next year? I look. All nine. All nine of them. You're nuts. First of all, I I saw a lot of speculation as well that there were a lot of signings because there were going to be trades. I heavily disagree with that analysis uh, because I think Chris Drury has seen how long and grueling an NHL season can be. And he also has the stats that the Rangers lost the least amount of man games last two years due to injury. And this, he knows the depth you're going to need and the players that need to come and step up. He signed guys that can do that. No, I, not I, just I, that, Ryan, but Drury is still a guy that believes in the importance of a good AHL product. He, he wants the Wolfpack to win games. Yes. He cares a lot. He wants, them to, he wants them to develop players. Absolutely. That's probably concern number one. But he wants Hartford to be good. He sees the value. He sees what, you know, the Hurricanes do uh, or the Leafs have done. He sees the value in the AHL team being not just competitive, but good. So some of these guys are going to Hartford for Hartford to be good. That's it. It's not that hard of a concept. Well, I, I think it is for a lot of people because there are these organizations in sports that have winning cultures. Even if they don't win, they come very close or they have these winning cultures. The Rangers have not been that. The Rangers have been a Henrik Lundqvist is your culture, and that's the entire thing. And the rest of the organization is like, we're still trying to kind of figure it out. They've been an organization divided time and time again. And Chris Drury's been, I bootlick as hard as possible, but he's trying to set the Drury, the culture. That the, whatever that is, where it's not talking to the media, we're gonna win, we're gonna spend, we're gonna do our own thing, we're gonna find value. He's done that. He look, he started out poor, but everything afterwards for Chris Drury has been a plus in my books. Yeah, that, Drury has been sort of a really weird. Like, there's been some really good, good things that have been happening. There's a couple of questionable things that have been happening, and there's the one unspeakable thing that we won't talk about because I don't want Greg to have an aneurysm. No, about we, how... we've talked about it a million times. So but it's just, you know what I mean? It's not like, his fault. I, I get it. I understand. I think Drury and Ryan, we talked about this a little bit. I don't remember if we did it um, off screen, but like John Davidson getting out of here was maybe one of the best things that the Rangers could it's, have done. It's, Ryan, it's Ryan's best take. It's my uh, best take of it, all time. It, yeah. it, is, it is genuinely like, and when Davidson was fired, my take was, why do we think, I didn't say like, oh, this was a good move. It was just, we love John Davidson because he's John Davidson. You know, that, what made him good? Not, uh, what, and now what we're seeing in Columbus, nothing, actually. It was really bad. You know, Ryan, uh, Jeff Gordon, I, Montreal's done some fucking crazy things the past week and a half. They literally passed up on a superstar in Mitchkov to take, uh, I don't even fucking remember who they took, the guy. Ryan, Ryan, what are you, Carey Price? Reinbecker? Uh, who, and then gave pretty much the same speech that they gave when they drafted Leas Anderson, which was, well, it's about culture, not a fifth overall. It's not about culture. Well, good news. They also signed Leas Anderson. <laughs> right. They did. Well, yes. Yeah. To a, to a two way contract. So like, you know, you see those things and you look at what the Rangers have built and granted some of the issues that the Rangers have right now from a cap perspective is jury's fault. That Trocheck contract, which I celebrated when it happened because I thought he was a good fit. 
in hindsight, did not need to happen. You know what I mean? And that's the cap space. Well, we actually, before sight, saw that one. We were, (laughs) that's what we were really against. But I get why he was doing it. So they, they felt they needed to upgrade down the middle. They did. The Rangers now have three legitimate, you know, centers down the middle. You need that depth in the playoffs. They got depth players, hopefully in Wheeler, definitely in Benino. Gustafson had 42 points last year. We're this not, is really good. Yeah, like really, really, like even Jay Fresh had to take a step back and be like, hey, the Rangers did a good thing on this one. And when the fuck does that ever happen? Never. Never. So how are you complaining? And by the way, they're all less than $825,000 a year for one and, year. And I hate Jonathan Quick, but I don't mind it. I hate I, him. Again, the the Quick thing, I also hate him. It would be like signing Alec Martinez. It's just a horrible, you know, but whatever. He's from Hamden, Connecticut, so I have to stand him. And... If Halak is looking for, you know, one and a half, and has Halak signed yet? He's not. If he's looking for one and a half million dollars on, you know, a two-year deal, a three-year deal, whatever it is, is Jonathan Quick really that much of a downgrade from a backup perspective as Halak was, who completely shit the bed the first two months of the season? If no, you're relying not, on your not, backup goalie, something that. has if, gone wrong. Exactly. If Jonathan Quick all of a sudden plays a significant role for the New York Rangers, they're fucked anyway because that means something happened to Igor. Right. Like, like that's, You're, you're going to have to deal with that regardless of what happens. So yeah. what is the concern? I don't and know. And he's signed for 800 and something thousand dollars. I also, I do want to point out, there is a chance here that we are getting angry. This is like that Twitter thing where someone goes on Twitter to get angry about something, someone, nothing has that has actually been said. There's a chance we're angrier about certain things that aren't actually being said. Because again, majority of what I've seen about how the Rangers handled Saturday is full marks. Well, I just hate quick. So I just wanted to get that out there. No, no, no. But I just, (laughs) I'm just, before anyone is like, what are Greg, Joe and Ryan getting upset about saying people are saying all these things. There's a chance no one's saying shit. And we're just reacting a certain way here. Um, all I'm saying is, I, I this New York Ranger team to me feels like a pretty complete product that I feel good about. Where now all I need are star players returning to form, or these young kids that I've been told all they've needed is a chance to succeed. Now having a chance to succeed, these it's it's hard for me to sit here on July third and have a honest-to-God complaint about the New York Rangers. Yeah, you know what I'm actually the only complaint that I could have to Jesus all of Christ, this? Joe. I said <laughs> any complaints. The <laughs> only complaint I could have about this is we're about to find out if three years of hand-wringing that Lafreniere and Kako didn't get their looks are wrong. Oh, that's on you, not me, baby. That, you know what I mean? That's the only complaint I could possibly have is sitting here saying, fuck, I was wrong, Lafreniere and Kako are not those guys. I think Kako's that guy already. Uh, uh, but, but you know what I mean? Like, that's the only thing you can complain about. You're getting everything you want. No, you didn't get, you know, Knobloch or fucking uh, Spencer Carberry or Jay Leach. Dude, the, the assistants they hired, I'm very are about. fucking lights out. And I don't remember where I saw the report. I think it was from Larry Brooks. The Rangers were very interested in Jay Leach, and Jay Leach was not – he didn't think he was ready for the Rangers. Yeah, and bullshit. That, bullshit. It, just, it, just saying. I, I don't know, man. But maybe you might be right. I agree with you that who would pass up an opportunity to coach an original six team. But of all the places that, you know, of all the things that we wanted from Gallant that we didn't get, Laviolette fits most of those boxes. So you're getting kind of everything that you asked for last year. Now you just have to live with it. Whether it works or not, now you need to live with it. All I'm going to say, Joe, is I don't believe you're capable of admitting you're wrong. So I don't think you're going to be the one saying you were wrong in three months. 
if Lafreniere and Kako aren't those guys. Correct. Yeah, I, I'll never admit that I'm wrong. I've never been wrong <laughs> once. But other people may need to admit that they were wrong. It's just not going to be me. Yeah, no, I'll just, listen, I got to call, call a spade a spade call, when I call see a spade it, a sp- I've never been wrong once. Me either. I was, I was right about <laughs> I was right about fucking Vigneault two years before anyone else's. That's what oh, I was. No, 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 no. You do not get to say you were right first on Vigneault, big guy. That I think is... you guys are at the same time. I'm taking both sides. Oh, guys, stop fighting. Yes, stop fighting, you. everybody. No, no, no. I was the day they announced the extension. I said, this, "Why?" All right, I'm the... I'm taking credit. I was there. You weren't there, sir. <laughs> this, this this is where this is where like I laugh when you know I have a negative take about the Rangers and someone comes at me and they're just like, "Oh, once again, like you're fucking uh, negative." Like, oh, where dude, you know it happens I mean? to like, everybody. Where, and you guys probably get it more than I do. Where were? Just show me where we were wrong. That's just I, the only part of it that I want to know. I made a joke yesterday that we're, you know, we're getting older and so am I and the team's slow and like two people were like, oh, he's a complainer. It's like, go look, like just right, scroll like, down one tweet just, and look at me, get on my knees for Chris Jury, please. Just <laughs> fi- Yeah, right. F- fucking find the spot where I'm wrong. I always, I, I, I'm always just going to love it when like people are like, oh, you guys just fucking, David Quinn could do no wrong in your eyes. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, I can't, now I'm too positive. Right. Well, that and Greg, you're living my world. Like I'm either carrying water for the organization, or I'm just a negative Nelly, and everything is a fucking problem. I my, you can't win. My favorite thing this entire this summer sucked for sports. I don't know if you've noticed the Mets awful, but there have been people that get angry at me, being like, "Oh, you're such you. You just carry water for this organization." I was like, "You pay money to listen to this podcast, and you think I carry or water for the Mets of New York?" I just like it, it. It boggled my mind that someone who literally pays for the service said that to me. I was like, "What? I need to give you your money back." This is ridiculous. If, if I carry water for the New York Rangers, something is very wrong with the New York Rangers' thought process about me. I can tell you that right now. So I'm carrying water, and they don't do anything for me. <laughs> they're, they're not going to do anything for anyone. Yeah, no, I carry the fuck out of the water, for, especially for Chris Drury. We could have fucking, we could have signed Ryan Reeves. Didn't do that. Like whether or not it was because Drury wanted okay. to. Let, let's end here. Or um, didn't want to. We didn't do any of that shit. So that's a win. That's a huge fucking win. Ryan Reeves is a fantastic human. One of I the... love Ryan Reeves. I am so happy he got the bag, and I am even happier that it was not New York. One of my favorite players to ever cover. One of the most legendary hockey pictures ever taken of all time. I think one of the sole reasons he got a three-year deal is because of that picture of him in Minnesota. When, when the Rangers extended Ryan Reeves... The day they traded for him, we were kind of like, huh, okay, that's pretty rough, but we're, we'll figure it out. I don't know. Th- a three-year deal <laughs> is it's, unbelievable. It's brilliant. I, he, he said he wanted to leave New York because he needed he wasn't playing and he needed to audition for that bigger role. And I was like, what are you going to get, like a two-year deal? I was wrong. Very, Hey, very Joey, wrong. look at you admitting it. I was super wrong. He fucking got a three-year deal and way more money than I, I just um, – and of Toronto of all teams, it's really just perfect. Wheeler is making 500K less than him. Uh, it, at, right, and people are complaining. What are we doing? I love Ryan Reeves. I love him. I love him. But come on. What are we doing? Uh, Joe, anything else you uh, – or Greg, do we miss anything with Joe here? Uh, the draft, I guess. This is like two seconds. but I, They did well. I don't know. I, Perot, I saw the people, people, I did see the people that were upset, like, oh my God, a nepotism pick in the third round. They got a top 10 pick if in the 23rd. And not just that, I, again, the, the hit rate on anything that happens after pick 60 is like 0.01%. I just don't care. 
I, I, I they could have taken six goalies, and I would not have cared about anything that happened. I, would have, I, I might have cared a little. Um, <laughs> I, would, I would have definitely cared a little. But the only thing that matters, to Greg's point, is that first pick. That's it. That is the only thing that matters. Yeah, uh, and shout out to the Minnesota Wild because they made it all possible. They they absolutely did. Bill Guerin, fucking oh no, uh, yeah, it is Guerin, yeah, Bill, right? Bill yeah. Guerin got Bill... his shit pushed in by the Rangers in 1994, and for some reason now just calls his daddy all the time. And then he fucking he went to Tootsie's or wherever the place is, got drunk and drafted the guy the Rangers were going to take. Maybe who knows if that's true or not? But apparently Perot was very high on their board. So apparently so they had a whole fucking draft video about him, which it would not surprise me if they filmed that like. 24 hours they, after they drafted him no they truly never thought he was getting to them i i could they tell shouldn't you, have yeah i mean fair but i yeah it would have been i think they were in love with stromel because they knew stromel was probably going to be there for them they had no scenario in their draft room where they thought perot was going to hang around that long yeah, they and shouldn't then, have. I mean, it's and, fucking and, ridiculous that he was and there. And people were mad about that, by the way. Oh, another kid that can't fucking whatever. skate. Who we cares? should have drafted Strommel. You're an idiot. You're not allowed to talk about hockey anymore. <laughs> I don't know anything about prospects. That's why I talk to smart people. Those are the rules. Uh, Joey, why don't you... Uh, banter is now independent. You should go subscribe if you can support them. And anything else you'd like to plug? No, that's really it. We're not. Okay. We're, we're, we're The Rangers really fucked us over with losing right away when we were hoping to get a little bit of a berth. But... Yeah, BlueShirtBanter.com, if you want to join, you do have to pay for it now. Everybody hates that. We also don't love that, but um, it is what it is. Uh, some things on the horizon, I can't really talk about it, but we might be getting the band back together. We're working with some former SB Nation folk to see if we can do I, some cool stuff. I saw stuff, a Steph but, tweet. I'm not an idiot. Um, you know, that's, that's, there's, some, there's some things going on there, so we'll, we'll cool, see where that, where that shakes out. But thank you both for having me on. I know that, you know... You had so many options for today, and you landed on me. I appreciate it. Yeah, what, um, else, what else were we going to do? Come on. You didn't, you, there was nothing else you would have done. It was this or nothing. But I'm glad you picked me and not nothing. You could have very easily done nothing. So That's thank true. you. We, we could have. Um, Joe, love you, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Love you guys, too. And we're back. Thanks to Joey for coming on. Appreciate him. Uh, we're going to do some five-star questions to end the show real quick. We got a couple of them. So if you want to leave a five-star question on the show, you can become a Patreon supporter and download the Discord, of which the insider chat was literally popping off insanity Friday Mm. and Saturday this week. Mm. Uh, Two legendary days of the insider chat. But you can leave the questions on the Discord for five-star questions. We read them on the show. That's how this works. This one is from Blue Gooner. How Mm. much of a steal is Perot? Given his elite status and scouting accolades, particularly regarding his intelligence— is skating really co- so concerning that he slipped to 23, or was it just made to other clubs drafting for need? No complaints here, though. Based on everything I've heard slash seen, I imagine his floor could be a better step on, but his true ceiling could be, unlo- uh, could be in line with top five in this draft. Look, I'm not an expert in prospects either, but I probably share a lot of what you're thinking now. I don't think the skating is as much of an issue as people are alluding to, uh, but people I really, really trust and like, and some people I don't like, have pro in top 10. Uh, look, you can't complain about that. Yeah, I, it's a it's a steal. I I think a guy like Perot lasting as long as he di- does, uh, it goes to a lot of what Drew likes to talk about, where Drew puts a whole bunch of guys in tiers as opposed to direct. Here's number seven. Here's number eight. Here's number nine. There are a lot of guys in Perot's tier, but still, that tier did not last until pick number twenty three. And I think when you get to the later end of that. Mm, first round 18 onward you do get teams that kind of go a little blind and they talk themselves into saying stuff like so-and-so's not going to be on the board 
I'm not going to worry about him. I'm going to fixate on my guys. And I think that happened with a couple teams in front of the Rangers. So credit where credit is due. Chris Drury did not fixate on his guys. He kept an open mind, and Perot was always high on the Ranger board. We know for a fact Drury never thought he was getting to 23. And when he kept slipping, Drury was like, I can't believe this is happening to me. Yeah, and how could he not? Like that, You have to take that player. Have to take uh, him. And he did. This is from Jen. Definitely more of an OT question, but are either of you aware of the subgenre of romance novels that are all hockey-based? Of course we are. It's a huge selection uh, section. I think it's... It, I think the most popular sport to be featured in sexy books, Ellie, Ellie Kennedy, especially has multiple series based on hockey romance. Jen, not only am I aware of this, I, uh, I one time, uh, did a deep dive into, uh, Rangers fan fictions for research reasons. Mm. And, uh, I posted about it on Twitter and I got berated as I was making fun of, uh, people thought I was making fun of people and I deleted it to not upset the fan fiction community. I have all respect to those people who do that and get that bag. It's very, very familiar how I feel about players as well. Get the bag. I also think it, it makes a lot of sense when you consider the audience that exists for these type of novels generally tend to be, uh, how should I put this? Uh, white. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So you have a generally white audience and a sport that plays during the romantic holiday months, the winter months. You, like, it, it we in. always say stuff like, it's it, how can you not be romantic about baseball? But if you were to do a summer romantic comedy about a baseball team, July 4th? Like, what, what what's the big yeah, holiday what are we doing? you celebrate? But a hockey season, you get Thanksgiving, you get Christmas, you get Valentine's Day. So it's like, it, it's a we, romantic... We did watch the Hallmark movie, so... Yeah, it's a romantic time of year for an audience that is hungry for romance. Uh, so, yeah, it doesn't surprise me a bit much to which i say i think there should be more romantic basketball books how can you not be romantic about basketball dame lillard <laughs> i love portland from this is from brian uh i feel like this has been asked for so apologies who on the rangers beside Kreider? we've literally have photo evidence made the trip to see dj zabinajad perform at Lollapalooza. nobody Kreider oh, no. is the oh, only person kako win come on Kako not because kako went not because zabinajad was there but because he was going anyway that's true. This is from Jay White, 18011. Ryan and Greg, if you could have one sports franchise go bankrupt and cease to exist, who would it be? Oh, come on. It's the Phillies for you, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Again, I, would, I have no problem, Ryan. I understand you live there. Yeah. If given the option in five minutes, with no warning, if someone presented me with a button where I could nuke one city off the face <laughs> of the earth, no consequences for me. Again, but I'm not allowed to warn anyone in that city that it's yes. coming. Yeah, bye, Ryan. I'll see you later. Yeah, You're it, out. Was, it was a good podcast. I understand why. Hold on, uh, I'll, I'll keep trying to podcast without you, but I, think... I listen. You, you're collateral damage. You moved there on your own accord. I, didn't I think tell this you is going to surprise everybody. I would choose Man City. I would bankrupt their ass. I hate them. I hate their ass. It's a little lame. Is it? Yeah, it's a little lame. Okay. I mean. Uh, Hockey wise, I don't just, really have. You haven't been a Liverpool fan long enough for that to be your answer. I want the Islanders to be around. Like I need that rivalry. That's fine. You want to do this. You want to do this to someone in the American League East. I I need. I like to have the Yankees and the Red Sox. I think the the, the history matters. I just I can't wait for people to listen to this. And be like, once again, you're not giving the Devils any credit. It's, I I I don't want to nuke them <laughs> because you don't care about them. Like, That's I, true. I don't know how to. I, again, I I, I, I really it. look forward to Ranger Islander games. They are really important to me. I would not want to lose those. Drove past UBS uh, Arena. 
Okay. Yesterday, shocked by how close it is to the highway. Very close. Yeah, it's literally right there. It's important on Long Island. You need to oh have God. it. Also, fucking driving on Long Island. How does anybody listen to this podcast that live on Long Island? How the fuck do you do it? I, I, did, I, just, it. I did it for 30 years. It is I don't know. I don't know how you do it. I really don't. It, it's a fucking nightmare. It's, and it's the way I describe it and the way that it's casually accepted from my friends that live on Long Island. If you live on Long Island, you have no reason to get off. So you go a bit nose blind to it. You don't notice how bad the traffic is. As someone that needs to get to Long Island, get on Long Island, Jesus fucking Christ, how do you do this every day? Getting in and out of Long Island is a true nightmare. It's a nightmare. I did, I did it for 30 years to other, to New Jersey, to upstate, to Yeah, and you really upgraded by moving to Philadelphia. I don't drive anymore. That's great. <laughs> I use my bike, which is awesome. Uh, anyway, this is for Brian Doherty. For doing bargain bin shopping, can we say Drury did a very good job? Also, I think he has mind control powers, true or false. I mean, he did an amazing job. Amazing I, job. A plus. I, he left no... There are no holes on the New York... What hole do you think the Rangers have in terms of lineup construction right now? I think the only thing you can truly say... If with you a say fair, they're slow, I swear to God. I'm not saying that. Okay. Fair, fair criticism is that they, they do not have significant right-wing depth. That's it. I don't even know if that's true. They have now Kako, Wheeler... I'm, just, I'm not counting Lafreniere as a right-winger just yet. They still have Goodrow, Pitlick, VC, capable of playing right wing. They have Cooley down in the minors. They have Othman down in the minors. I, I just don't think it's a strength for them. There's some question marks. Some it's not weak. I wouldn't go so far to call it a weakness. Fair. Okay. That's fair. That's a good argument. Hmm. So I think we're on the same page. Okay. Well, uh, this is from Nick D. Were there any affordable contracts handed out during free agency that you wish the Rangers got in on? Duchesne, and I think that's it. But even then, I like... To find affordable. For the Rangers, $3 million is not affordable. That's correct. That's why I, I know a lot of people got excited when Sprong hit the market. $2 million is not affordable to the New York Rangers. It's not affordable for a lot of teams, that, as crazy as that sounds. Yeah, so, like, if this was next year, yeah, I'd love a $2 million contract for Daniel Sprong, but if it was next year, that motherfucker's going to get, like, $5.5 million. Uh, this is from Hong Kong Harrison. Two-part question, mm -hmm. the final question as well. Which is more likely for recent laugh trade rumors? What the fuck? What they wait until now? Is Aaron or, is Aaron vacuuming? No, that, that I don't even. Someone's mowing. Okay, well on July third, it's a it, holiday. It's the last question, so we can get through this. But they are going in. It's, <laughs> it's, they're literally outside my window, which is crazy. It's <laughs> no grass. Uh, two far question. Which is more likely recent for laugh trade rumors? A complete bullshit. B, other teams calling Drury to acquire. C, Rangers creating a non-story to light a fire under Laugh's ass. Uh, I'll go A, complete bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, listen. The mowing. Regardless, well, I mean, listen to that for sure. Yes. Uh, regardless of what you think of Chris Drury, if Drury was shopping Lafreniere, he wouldn't come out so emphatically being like, what the fuck are you smoking? Um, I do think people called, and I think that's fair. And if your sources are from outside the New York Rangers organization, which I think I can confidently say Arthur Staples' sources are, um, yeah, it would sound like the Rangers were, quote-unquote, fielding calls on Alexi Lafreniere. Instead, people were calling, and Dre would say, no, next, yes. move on. Um, so I, I, Allegedly, but yes, I agree with you. Yeah, I don't think it's... Would it be a fabrication to say no team asked about Alexi Lafreniere? Yeah, that would be a fabrication. 
But yeah, is if, it if you're a hockey team and you're not calling about Lafreniere, you're a problem. Yeah, and, but if is it accurate that Chris Drury told every team that called about Alexi Lafreniere to kick rocks? Also accurate. So, uh, or, or he said, "Hey, I'll trade Lafreniere if you give me X, X, and X, which is an insane offer." But like, again, we even talked about that. Like, there's nothing Chris Drury can ask for that he can afford. Yes, because he he doesn't want to take a step back. So if he's trading Lafreniere, you at least need a middle six young winger in return. And the New York Rangers were not going to get that for Alexi Lafreniere. So whether he, the question is, does Chris Drury want Alexi Lafreniere? Uh, I think it's more he's stuck with Alexi Lafreniere right now, but he understands that. I just, I don't think, I don't think Chris Drury's dumb. That's as far as I'll go. Final question, also from Hong Kong Harrison. Fans want the kids getting more ice time. Time on ice played top nine or about the same as 5v5. Which options or options do you prefer to increase their time on ice? One kid joining power play one, either or splitting, or rather that was A. B is splitting time equally for power play one and two, or C, shaking up the power play units completely. I think uh, it's run, A. Run, run through those options again. So my A, goal is, what's my goal? Your goal is to get the kids more ice time and time on ice of their top nine played. So either one kid's joining power play one, you're yeah. splitting equally time power play one and two, or shaking up the power play one, the power plays completely. I think to me, in order to get more ice time, it's not that hard in my eyes where Kako's ice time should naturally go up um, because he's going to be playing top six minutes. Yep. Top line minutes at 5v5. So I'm less, and frankly, I, I just think we should be putting kako on the penalty kill uh, i don't think it's going to happen the way i would do it with kako is line number one penalty kill all of a sudden bang his minutes are going up i don't need to worry about it too much that's kako for lafreniere my goal is for him to play right wing uh on the second line but at minimum he should be on power play one so even if he's playing at even strength third line minutes he's on power play one that's boosting his ice time mission accomplished there for Heedle. I think the way to ice time for Heedle is on the power play and almost only the power play. I think the Rangers will give him... I think him and Trocek are going to have naturally equal 5v5 ice times. Like I I don't think one's going to play at even strength more than the other. It just really depends on what the situation calls for. Whereas Trocek is going to be fed penalty kill minutes and will not be on power play one. And Heedle should be fed power play one minutes and not going to be on the penalty kill. I think that's very reasonable. All right, that's the show for this week. We'll be back later this week with BSBOT on our Patreon. Otherwise, we'll see you next week when we figure out what the hell we're talking about. So you can follow me on Twitter at ORIMEAT. If it works, rate limit exceeded, or I'll be one of your 600 tweets for the day. Same thing with Greg at Blizzard's Break. Pick a worse day for that to happen, huh? I don't know. Did Dame just also get traded? I'm missing it. What? I think did Dame just get... Hold on. Let's see. Uh, no, he did not. It was just a uh, KOC was was doing. I thought I thought Dame got traded. It did not. Okay, <sighs> never mind. Anyway, we'll be back next week. Love you guys. I'll talk to you guys then. Bye. All right, it's the end of the show, so I get to thank all of our NHL Insider Club members, uh, where it's been absolutely insane, bonkers. Don't expect it to be like that again on Friday and Saturday between free agency. A lot of good scoops, a lot of rumors, including one unbelievable one that uh, we hinted and alluded to on the show. But boy, I cannot, it's my favorite chat on the internet. It's 
just the the best place to talk Rangers. And I, 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 I say this knowing that I'm the promoter of it, but I think if you asked others that are in there, including any of these people I'm about to name, they would tell you something similar. So anyway, let's get to thanking them. Adam Cassie, Adam Cohen, Adam Cartulo, Adam Keach, Adam Fli- Alex Flynn, Alex Gardner, Adam Cohensberger, Andrew Ronner, Anthony Gray, Anthony Murturo, Anthony Terragata, Ben Waters, Ben Weber, Brett Bennett Lemire, Bill Olson, Bill Rattel, Brandon Lacos, Brandon Magnum, Brett Granger, Brett McGinnis, Brian Doyle, Brian Brian Doherty, Brian Gallagher, Brian Mallon, Brian Farrell, Cassidy Rollman, Chris Finelli, Chris Haru, Cedric Selwagon, Kari Pudemich, Daniel Delay, Delaney, Daniel Dezane, David Aaron, and David Siegel, Dennis Dyke, Darian, Eric Stagg, Garrett Reynas, Greg talks about the Mets nonstop. Gary Gretzky McFly, Hayak is no longer a New York Ranger hire, and Hasco, Hella Vanilla, Hippie Vinani, Ian Rodriguez, Ian Usher, Jack Bagley, James Marsky Masker, Jerry Marquez, Jason Zabransky, Jimmy Mack, John Hardesty, John Shea, Johnny John Dergock, Jordan, Josh Kestabob, Christopher Florida, Kevin Yu, oh, welcome, Kevin Yu, uh, Christoph Berg, Leszek, Gronowski, Lou Giordano, Matthew Goodwin, Matthew Kai, Meepal the Cat, Mike Bucklaw, Mike Manascu, Mike Pasternak, Nate Hanafi, Neil, Neil Grover, Ponce Perez, Nicholas DiNicola, Other Slash, Pascal Perrier, Paul J. Smith, Pavel Kovarev, Phoenix Edition, PJ Susparo, Pro World Series Gamer, Randy Tester, Rocco Thompson, Steve Bobak. Welcome, Rocco, as well. I think I said that last week. With Swangart, the Drop PK, Tommy Suglari, Tommy Tedeschi, Tommy O'Neill, Tori Gregory, Tori from Hatton, the supporter. Vinny Brocco, Vinny Haywaney, Will Specter, and Winston, the Golden Retriever. Thank you for making this show possible. It means the world to me and Greg. And now we wait, my friends. And now we wait. We will get all the info possible from development camp, from other sources, for coaching, for lineup decisions, for Lavulette, and much, much more. But now we wait for the preseason. Dog days of summer? are officially here, and sometimes that's when we do our best content. So, always love to hear your feedback. You know where to reach me. If Twitter's not exploding, you can also find me on our Discord, and you can... <coughs> ah, something was just in my throat. I'm dying. Sorry. I ate some chips. You know when you eat chips? And, like, there's, like, one, like, secret one hiding back there? Like, probably just blue chips. Anyway, point is, find me on the Discord. Message me there. Love you guys. Talk to you later. Bye.